you are breaking up a treat at the moment. Oh, fuck. All right. Um... Just a small note on the sound quality for today. It's both of us are on our spring break holidays, which is the best thing about being a teacher. Yes. So if you think the sound quality is not up to it compared to the previous episodes, apart from episode one, which was absolutely terrible, my apologies, but we're out here enjoying ourselves being teachers and taking a well-deserved rest from the cold face of being an inquiry-based educator in 2021. <laughs> and you guys are actually listening to us. You are listening to The Learning Factory. Please explain and justify your reasons for listening. Uh, Yeah, so that is the introduction to this ASMR episode of The Learning Factory. Brought to you outside from an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere. There you go. That's what we're doing. Would have been very interesting a few days ago when I was still over in Central Asia. Uh, I was actually further west than where you are, but I was still two and a half hours ahead of you in time. Ah, yes. The idiosyncrasies of Chinese time zones are just the most wonderful thing, aren't they? Uh, The best thing about Sri Lankan times is somebody decided that, no, we won't do it in nice orderly hour blocks we're going to add on 30 minutes here and there and then nepal not to be outdone decided to go on the 15 minutes oh are they are they 5 15 that's amazing yes international mindedness at its finest there perfect all right let's get into it um we had some questions today didn't we we were doing we do we've got we've got the custard giraffes Custard giraffes all right so this is a a, a bastardization of two metaphors custard giraffes one which was first told to me by a New Zealand teacher, when something goes all wrong, it's all gone to custard. What's the story with the giraffes? When you have a giraffe about something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's quite a British one, though, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. So it's quite appropriate that I would use something from, from the Isles and you would use something from the Antipodes. The Antipodes. Oh, like, who says this is an intellectually stimulating podcast when we're learning new words? We said in the very first episode, no big words, but here we are. I'm just going to recharge my brain now after using that. <laughs> Battery low. <laughs> because we're such inspirational and amazing educators, we actually struggled to find an hour's worth of content or a half an hour's worth of content based on what's gone wrong. So we can, we can edit this slightly by saying, put a caveat on this slightly by saying some of these stories may not be our own but there are things that have gone wrong in our classes and we're also going to add a little surprise at the end that's it i was going to say a little easter egg there at the end mm. i think the word easter egg has been like sort of made more popular by all those marvel movies i was like oh there's an easter egg in the movie it's like no there's a oh, thing you didn't notice in the I movie i thought you were going yeah. to say it's been popularized by the catholic church <laughs> so yes this week we're talking about our custard giraffes given the fact we are exceptionally good teachers we won't be able to fill the entire time slot with that so uh we'll also talk about a practical lesson plan for those of you who don't have the time to sit down and write a 15 page university style lesson plan 15 pages jesus that sounds like a lot but yeah we'll we'll give you the whole deal on what to do in a lesson so we'll try to get through that in the next couple let's of minutes. get into the custard when the shit hits the fan 
All right. Uh, and we just will put it out there that we're not using any real names of any students for anonymity reasons. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or schools or, or anything. Yeah, it's, it's all very anonymous in their ridiculousness. Yes. One of, one of mine that was quite interesting uh, was a grade 10 food class I was teaching, being the design all rounder. That, that we are all things to all yes, men and that's right and this uh trevor this student he had ambitions of uh going on to being a michelin star chef that was the only thing that, that trevor really wanted to do um he had some really cool ideas when he was in the classroom and, and cooking up but he was one of those he was a student that i guess he he often he would ask just for a bit of a teacher assistance just to make sure that he was doing it right however on this particular occasion uh, he decided that he was going to go all out go for no teacher assistance because he wanted to make sure that he could try and hit some of the higher bands on demonstrating some technical skills and doing it all himself a common misconception amongst the the rubrics of this world that's right he was uh cooking up a cultural meal letting people know about the the culture of the the great US of A, and he was cooking a steak with chips. A distinctly British meal, but okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Trevor, and and being China, and um, where you know you can you can pretty much get anything you want. Trevor had purchased himself some shoestring cut French fries to go for his cultural meal, so he hadn't actually cut the the fries himself. Marked himself down straight away, taking your skills. Yes, that's right. He then put those in the oven to cook those up on a, on a tray, uh, salted them up a little bit first, going great guns here. And then it got onto the steak part of the, the preparation. Now, those of you that are familiar with the way food comes packaged in China will know that pretty much everything is individually wrapped several times, I think. I'm not sure the reason behind it, but even when you buy a steak here, sometimes it comes in with two or three layers of plastic. Yeah, I remember those strawberries we got. Yeah, the strawberries are. Cl- yeah, they came. Was it? Uh, we ordered a yeah. hundred strawberries in boxes of ten. It came yes. as a hundred individually wrapped strawberries. That was amazing, and great fun to unwrap. Yes. So anyway, everything's going well. Uh, Trevor has taken off the uh, open the packet of steaks. You know, then there's some other steaks inside. He's done the right thing. He's heated up the pan, got it nice and hot, then throw the the, the steak in. And we were talking beforehand about steak cooking techniques and and being Australian, um, we do you know we're, we're quite fond of steak as well. And the whole sort of you know only turn it once, don't touch it while it's in the pan and then let it rest. So I'm off with other people in the class doing vastly different things. As you would be, yeah. Yeah, and Trev's uh, cooking his steak up. And um, after a while, because obviously the extraction in the in the classroom wasn't that good, one of the uh, kids is like, um, you smell something burning? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Um, oh, someone put something in the microwave. You know, that's a common one where they put something in the microwave and it, it's shoddy and it just starts Big to piece of metal. put a metal. Anyway, nothing in the microwave. This smell's getting stronger and stronger. And I look over and uh, there's this 
black smoke billowing out of Trevor's fry pan on the uh, <laughs> on the on the cob there, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I, I run over, take it off off the hob. The smoke is so thick you can't actually see what's in the pan, so I throw it in the in the sink, and of course Trevor. Stuck to his guns. He wasn't touching the steak until it was time to turn it. Based on the thickness, we sort of judged it would probably be a couple of minutes. And, yeah, there was still two layers of plastic on the steak. You know, obviously it started to to melt and burn, and I think this is what's also contributed to some of the uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Because China needed help with that, yeah. Yeah, but that was one of the... um, that was that was a bit of a giraffe. <laughs> he still wasn't sure what he'd done wrong. Cooking technique was fine. Preparation was a little bit down. That makes a highlight of like, first of all, research, research A two, and probably C one in terms of planning there. Like, but but C two was up there. But just goes to show that you can't have you can't have a high grade in in one criteria and then neglect the other couple of bands. Like you know, you got to have the complete package. Yeah. A holistic education. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely some ATLs in there too, like the ATL of common fucking sense. But I reckon if we rang up the IB and said, can you make another ATL section, which is common sense, they'd probably just say to you, all of them combined <laughs> equate to common sense. And we'd be like, yeah, but people don't do any of them. So of course they don't yeah. have common sense. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a whole different discussion is ATL. Yeah, the sixth category could, could be Darwin. Darwinism. Oh, yeah. God. That's another name for this this episode. Could have been the the Darwin Awards, the Design Darwin Awards. Luckily, we've yeah. had no fatalities. Well, our mantra right. used to be in the workshop was always that um, if everyone could still count to ten at the end of the lesson without having to take off their shoes and socks, and um, that's a good lesson, isn't it? Yeah. yeah no blood it. on the floor, all digits intact, and then any learning that takes place in addition to that is is sort of a bonus. Correct. Have you got any uh, custard? Creme anglaise. I've got the finest custard. Strange you should say custard, actually, because mine occurs in Britain. One of my favorite stories of uh, an injury, the, the most the most gruesome injury I've ever had in a class occurred in my second year of teaching design, uh, second year of teaching in general. Uh, when I was teaching in the UK, I was at a, a wonderful boys Catholic school uh, in East London. I won't mention which one, but it's a pretty small pool there, if you wanted to guess. No liability intended. <laughs> <laughs> this school was it was brilliant actually. It had a quality quality design technology department, not MIP design, but design technology in the British system. Some good guys working there, uh, and we were we were big on skills. We we're big on old school skills. So the the guys were making cabinets. I think we were making bedside cabinets at the time. Uh, big projects, lots of skills going on. So the this guy was uh, cutting a, a dovetail joint really into it like real high skill uh, let's call him let's call him george do you know what that could even be his real name i'm not even sure it's been it's been 10 years so uh let's call him george so george is there and he's cutting this dovetail that that does narrow it down narrows it down considerably in england <laughs> george yeah yeah it's, he's one of the the eight kings called george he's currently a member of the royal family so george is there and he's cutting his dovetail he's got his correct ratios he's marked it out an absolute beaut and he's a good good skill level kid he's he's doing really well but being a catholic school it's all boys up into uh, year 11 which in the real world is called grade 10 and then the girls catholic school only goes as far as grade 10 
if you want to do grade 11 and 12 in a Catholic school, you've got to come and join the boys. So this, this Catholic boys school suddenly becomes a Catholic co-ed school for grades 11 and 12, um, which you can imagine goes as well as you might think. The boys are there and they've suddenly been exposed to the opposite sex. Now, that's a whole different like discussion in terms of behaviors and education and whatever else. But in terms of my design classroom, which happened to be a fishbowl of three sides of glass, it became a source of distraction. And in the forethought and, and planning of the Catholic Church, and they didn't really think about girls or women or their needs or anything like that. So the PE changing rooms were behind the design technology room. But the fields and the gym were on the opposite <laughs> end of the school. So every time the ladies went to get changed for PE, they went all the way past the DT block in their uniforms. And then they went all the way past the DT block in their PE kit. He's knee deep in a, in a lot of dovetail joints and he's hammering away and whatever else. And 20 or so grade 11 girls pass by the window. And I'm on sort of helping another <laughs> student, uh, probably not being my, my most observant self. Next thing I've, I hear a yelp, a yelp you'd only hear of a very small dog, like sort of one of those handbag dogs. And George is in front of me within milliseconds and he's there. Sir, 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 uh, can, can I go to the nurse? And I look around and there's a trail of blood behind George. And all the drain, all the blood drains from my face, all the blood drains from George's face. And I went, oh, dear, what's going on here? Fucking hell, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. I wasn't looking at what he was doing. And he goes, oh, I've caught myself. I, I can see that because there's blood everywhere. And uh, he goes, oh, it's okay. I think, I think it's okay. And he pulls away his hand from his other hand. It's just this, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre reenactment on his hand. <laughs> so I said, well, what happened? And rather than telling me what actually happened, he decided to tell me the circumstances that led up to it. And he explained about the girls going to netball and, and he was looking and blah, blah, blah. He actually named the girl he was looking at. And I was like, mate, like, I don't need names. I just need to know you've got yourself. <laughs> this, this question is just mute. Uh, mute? Mute. Anyway. Uh, so uh. <laughs> he's there and he goes, uh, can I go to the nurse? I was like, you should be there already. Will you just go? Will you just go? And then as he's going out there, he's like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. He goes, but make sure you come back at lunchtime and clean off the blood off the desk. I was joking. That's it. Everyone else knew I was joking. But this kid was so good. He goes to the nurse. He gets, he gets stitched up. That's the only time I've ever had stitches in my classroom. He got four stitches because he's cut himself right across the pad of his thumb. So that fleshy part on your uh, fleshy part in your hand. You were talking about steaks earlier. You know that bit you check to yeah. see how rare or med medium or well your steak is? Yeah, Cut yeah, himself yeah. straight across there. And it, yep. it just it bleeds like a nose. It's just horrible. He's got four stitches across there. And he's come back happy as Larry. Little bandage. And he's come back. And bless him, he's come back to clean the table. I'm like, man, that's soaked in. That's, that's now a shrine to your distracted, hilarious incident. Your, your, it's all gone to custard in this classroom. And <laughs> we, that is there forevermore. Your teenage your hormones. <laughs> That's my that's my incident there. Had a few, you know, in food rooms where bamboo steamers, um, kids putting bamboo steamers uh, on the pan, on the pan or on the on the stove, like on the having the water in the in the pot and putting the steamer on top of the pot, right? So you have got the steam coming through, yeah. like a wedges down the, these these Chinese bamboo style ones, wedged down into into the pot, and sometimes kids 
we'll put so much water in there that they're actually boiling. <laughs> boiling the dumplings or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and other times kids will assume that a, a tablespoon of water should suffice to, uh, mm. to steam that up. So they're smoking yes, in, rather than steaming, yeah. Well, that's it. They're, they're cremating the dumplings, really. <laughs> Whilst they may look green, those bamboo steamers are as dry as dry. And um, once they start to heat up, it doesn't take them much before they really begin to smolder. And so, yes, it was another another smoke-filled classroom. Obviously, smoke alarms in the in the cooking rooms are, let's just say, they're not as sensitive as the rest of the school. The, the fire brigade would probably be there every second class. So that was okay. But it did take a while to get the, the smell of burnt bamboo out of the classroom. And and like like your your boy George there, this lad did come back and proceeded to scrub this saucepan, I think for about four or five lunch times to try and get it back clean. And he was <laughs> coming back to finish it off at the last one, but the <laughs> the classroom assistant had decided she'd had enough of that and she just threw it in the bin i can i can completely understand that we talk about like uh not being wasteful in classrooms but there's a there's a point where you you just draw a line under that and you say nah that, that one's right. done food design is a whole it's a whole thing it probably deserves an episode all of its own because we both had some experience with teaching food and i taught food technology in the uk and i've taught a bit of food design uh, in myp but you've you've taught a bit of food design as well it's a whole different beast it's like trying to compare oranges and apples when you talk about product design or digital design and then food design all on its own yeah and then i guess the only other real absolute balls up was actually it involved me in the classroom <laughs> okay just a little bit of ex- experimentation we had a heap of offcuts from the i think that chairs unit like little end pieces and stuff i thought oh it would be cool i can borrow some resin from the art department because they're they're doing some resin stuff I'll make a really cool resin table with all these offcuts. One of the grade 12 art students who was experimenting with resin at the time thought, cool, I can come up and watch this and I can use it as some some research for my process portfolio and, and look oh, at how it works. Awesome. Cool. You know, I'm doing a bit of, you know, PD helping students as well. That's great. So get all these offcuts, position them all, great. The framing set up, boxing it all up, ready to go. Now, the way I cook, I'm sort of, I'm not much, I'm a terrible pastry pastry cook. I, I don't do pastry because you have to be precise with pastry. I cook more savoury, you know, curries, all that sort of stuff. I'm more of a curry person, right? So where I go off the smell and, and, and the taste and, okay, yeah, that actually, the recipe says... It only needs two tablespoons of this, but I think it probably needs four or five sort of thing. That's the way I do it. Apparently, you can't do that with resin. With resin, it's like a pastry. You have to be precise. It's like baking, yeah. When we go on holidays, I usually pick up the suitcase. Yep, that's 23 kilos. I'm usually pretty good with weight. You've never flown Ryanair, obviously, yeah. Resin must have a different density to to luggage because I completely balls this one up. Anyway, mixing it all well, whacked a, a little mixer in the drill, you know, put it in, mix it up, pour it in. I thought I'd box it up really well. This resin managed to find every fucking hole in, in my <laughs> framing up. So then I'm frantically grabbing other bits of wood to try and block up this hole as this, like, it. it's like it just frigging 
kept expanding the quantity, like it was hitting the, the edges and just getting more and more and more. Randy Granger's handbag, yeah. Yeah. I eventually stopped the flow. So I had this little, I don't know, like 500 by 300 table that I was making in the middle of a big workbench. But the the stoppers then seemed to go out about another meter in every direction. I said to I said to the grade 12 kid, I said, I, th- I think we're good. I've stopped it. I even had to make up a bit more because so much had gushed out. I, I, I hadn't filled up as much as I needed. So I've put it Famous all in. last words. Ripper, 24 hours later, still not set. It, it was still very, very spongy. You know, like when you got a tin of lacquer and you haven't put the lid on properly and it just gets that real... It's it's got like a like, f- a film over it's it. Foamy, you can't foamy, penetrate like the film. like bad soup. Yeah, yeah, but it, it it's got a, a a solid film over the top, so you can't penetrate it. But it's just really soft and squishy. The real problem was that the entire thing was stuck solid to this workbench that I then had to spend <laughs> the, the several days using a fucking chisel trying to get all this wood that I'd used to stop the resin leaking everywhere off, uh, attempt to sand off some of the resin. Uh, we just got a brand new polished concrete floor that had resin all over it. And anyway, yeah, we bought new workbenches. The art piece became structurally integral to the workbench at that point. It was a part of it and there was no no going back. That's right. And as a part of the process portfolio, the student knew what not to do. You learn from mistakes. You know, you go through Access FM, like ACC, SS FM. Uh, shout out to excitededucator.com, uh, her fantastic FM graphics. But you always go through Access FM and you go, cost. Thanks, Lenny. Yeah, yeah, cheers, Lenny. You always go through her graphics and go, oh, yeah, cost. Cost doesn't matter so much in, in most projects because, like, the school is paying for it, especially if you're in an international school. You're like, ah, school's got money. Do, do whatever. But at that stage, yeah. you have to go, yeah, you've cost us a thousand dollars in in terms of workbenches there because we've we've lost one and now we have to get the rest of them to match. So yeah, that's the cost of that project. I had a kid who was doing it. He was from Finland and he was doing um, captured culture and he wanted to do reindeer three different ways. And I'm like, I'm um, sorry, mate. I'm not, we're, we're in China. We are not buying your reindeer. His grandparents were coming over the following week, so they bought him a a couple of kilos of reindeer meat. <laughs> over with them what is, and uh yeah what does reindeer meat taste like oh it's a bit gamey uh not yeah yeah tastes like reindeer. i'll just go with that i i didn't need to try it again but that may have okay. been the way he cooked it as opposed to the type of meat that it was that's my experience of kangaroo i think Ooh. it's like shoes kangaroo is lovely it's like shoes you've got about half a second between perfect and rubber I've actually thought about one that's happened recently. Uh, it's not so much gone to custard, but it's more pre-planning and, and the whole setup, which which could could possibly lead into a, another episode for us. We talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, how to set up a classroom and how to set up a workshop and digital design room and whatever else. I'm sort of in that process at the moment, so watch this space for the whole process journal on that malarkey. So I've got a laser cutter. It's the yep. cheapest Chinese knockoff one you could possibly get i'm pretty sure if i saved up enough cornflakes tops i could send away for it but it's it does the job it's you know it's a gas-powered laser uh to the point where it's got a it's got an aquarium pump as its water cooling system uh it's awesome but it works it, it, it cuts through stuff you know like it's a laser it cuts through stuff what more do you want 
I'm demonstrating how to use a laser cutter in my room, but there's no ventilation. There's no extraction off the laser. And I've chosen in my infinite wisdom to demonstrate with a piece of uh, foam board, which is like obviously just plastic on plastic on plastic. So we're cutting through this tiny piece of foam board just to demonstrate what it does. I think I'm cutting a circle or something ridiculous. The cut time is like 12 seconds. So there should be no issue. I've never been more happy to wear a mask in my classroom and the fact that all the students are wearing like N95 masks because of COVID because the fumes that came out of this thing were just biblical. It was like somebody was trying to burn a million of your 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 made steaks in the room at the same time. We're cooking plastic coated steaks with a gas powered laser. Blue smoke everywhere. With a with a gas a CO2 powered laser with zero extraction which was set up by me which makes it 10 times worse. But the kids are like, oh, my God, it's a laser. Ah, they're like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers going, the laser. They love it. And we're all like, OK, uh, that's the end of the class. Uh, everyone head off to, to break, to recess, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's my most recent custard uh, moment. Well, that was almost like a, a creme brulee then, wasn't it? You'd sort of burnt the top of that custard. Burnt the top of the piece of plastic, I'll tell you that much. Those that are listening out there that are managing, they're doing their 30-second skip button on their device to try and get to the end of all this bullshit, you have now reached the part where it can actually become useful. In the spirit of Easter, this is 2021 Dave's Easter egg for the Learning Factory. I know, yeah. Lesson plans. We, we talked, I, well, I mentioned briefly uh, about a lecturer I had in, uh, in my old university, now, if you think about design teaching in universities in Ireland, you'll probably guess which one I went through, but I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. But this guy was an absolute legend. He showed me my very first 3D printer, which was about the size of a small car at the time back in 20, oh, 2007. Really nice guy. 3D printer was so power hungry, it blew an entire university building's fuses or circuit, I don't know what you call it, you know, like a fuse board. Yes. It, it did it like three and a half times just to print something about the size of your fist. This thing was amazing. Ridiculous machine now that we all have them on our desks. He, he would <laughs> he would come in and he would start screaming and roaring and throwing hammers around the place when when it failed every time on a 28-hour print. But he, he was the guy who told me about the the whole uh, stop doing lesson plans or, or, or you need to reduce the amount of lesson plans you do and you don't need to talk about it too much. And that's one thing I've reflected on. Ooh, reflected on. That sounds very wanky, sort of. I'm a progressive teacher, doesn't it? Yes. Mm. Anyway. That's all right. We can so go yeah, with that. He was an advocate for minimal planning. And what I've realized upon reflection, he didn't mean no planning. He meant like minimal planning. So what we hope to bring you over the next, ooh, however long we shut on for, is the, the real world lesson plan. So if you're a new teacher and your university is saying you need to keep going with the lesson plans, Here's what they actually mean. If you're an experienced teacher and you're kind of going, I don't know where I go from here. I need to sort of revisit this idea. Well, here's what we do. It might be a load of shite, but who knows? And um, if you're a trainee teacher, here's what you might be moving into in a few years. And and of course, everything should be taken with a bucket load of salt. Yeah. And I think what's good about what, what you've got there, it's let's get rid of what we don't need. It's like a budget airline, but a good budget airline. Sorry, you, you're going to have to revisit that metaphor because I've never met a budget airline that was actually good for you. We want to talk about what actually happens in a, in a design lesson, what actually happens in a design lesson plan and how that can be translated into 
well, we want to keep it sort of general. So we want to say what can be done in a digital design lesson, a food design lesson, product design materials lesson, or sort of a, a general purpose, anybody's lesson. What, where do you start? What do you reckon? I usually start the lesson if I've still got my, if I'm making my cup of coffee, I usually start the lesson with, right, where do we get up to at the end of last lesson? I think they call that uh, a plenary, not a plenary, uh, an introductory summary, they call that in, in teacher speak. Well, it allows me to assess what the students took from the last lesson and if they were paying attention. Ooh. Spot which one of us is fresh off a Masters of Education. Some of them might even, you know, try and set you up and say, oh, we did this. And if you're not thinking, you might say, right, well, this is where we need to go. But sometimes they've done that and you said, uh, no, 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 Trevor, we did that two weeks ago. Where have you been? First of all, I want to know who's Trevor and what did he do to you last week? Because you're naming him wholesale today. <laughs> Apologies to any student of you that is called Trevor. Trevor is my go-to name for anonymity. Anywho, so you've started the lesson. You, you're just sipping the last bit of that coffee. As they come in the door, you're sort of saying, what did we do last week? Picking brains. Obviously not picking the brains of the students who you know are on the ball and they, they know what's going on. You're picking the brains of the ones who are not quite sure mentally present last week. And you're getting a feel for what they got out of the last lesson. Where are we going from there? I don't know. This is your Easter egg, mate. Are you sort of seeing what I do to then tell me how I should fix myself up? I'll usually then say, right, let's get into it then. Uh, Trevor, pick out a, uh, a playlist. Yeah, I was, I was trying to uh, pick your brains as, as the more experienced of the two of us. I was trying to pick your brain on what you actually do so I could improve my own practice. My God, I was trying to ah. do PD during a podcast. I think, yeah, it's, 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 we're lucky as design teachers. We have this sort of spelled out process in front of us. You've got 16 things you could do. And if you're talking about a 15 to 20, 20 week unit, you could, if you wanted to, plan the whole thing to do one strand per week or, or whatever with yeah, it's pretty spelled out. You don't have to do a huge amount of medium-term planning, do you? You can just kind of work with the design cycle. But one of those things about, like you talk about experience and stuff, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. It's like riding a bike, really. So you can have that luxury of not really thinking about it until they walk in and you've got your your toolkit in your head already about, okay, well, that if that's what we're up to, this is what we need to do this class and you can actually sound like you're actually very well organized take it till you make it yeah exactly um i think actually that was one of the things over over zoom i hadn't met my class i'd never met them until two weeks ago and i kept mixing up classes because i couldn't tell by their class name or their class numbers who they were because the people coming in the door i can't recognize faces i can't recognize this and that so i kept going okay last week we did this and somebody popped their hand up and go oh, no, we actually did that two weeks ago. Or, no, we haven't done that. And I'd be like, oh, Christ. And that's where you rely on exist on existing sort of nous and experience to go, okay, here's the next bit. I'm going to fucking wing this for the next 45 minutes. Let's rock and roll. I can just picture then, you yeah. waiting in the classroom as expecting, you know, 17 avatars to walk through the door. And all <laughs> of a sudden, these real people are walking in. And you're like, what the fuck? You're fucking taller than I expected. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I can see you from the, I can see you from the chest down. Oh my god, you've got legs. This is amazing. Uh, yeah, but that's one thing. It's like that's actually taught me to think even faster than I would have done previously. It's like, oh my god, this is 
this is not going well and we're two minutes into the classroom. And particularly when they're new new kids for like your new setting, when you're in a new setting too, where you don't you haven't established that relationship with the kids, you don't know the ones that you can just say to give us a rundown on what we did last class. Well, you pick a teacher's kid usually, don't you? Because you think they're on the ball. And you go, uh, hey, hey, um, hey, Morris there. Uh, what, what did we do last time? And he goes, fuck knows. I haven't a clue. And you went, yeah. right? Yeah, cheers. Well, teacher, teachers, we all know teachers' kids are the worst. Oh, no, let's not get into that rabbit hole at this moment in time. But uh, yeah, yeah, they are definitely, yeah. Uh, I don't have any kids, so <laughs> I can definitely support that. Uh, uh, you, you, you might say something different. I don't know if you want to throw yourself under the bus there. <laughs> I've got kids, so I, I can say it legitimately. I'm not talking about anyone else's kids. Uh, yeah, so you walk in, you sit down, um, you've got a cup of coffee in hand, you're fully charged. You you have grasped from one of the students or more that they have done X, Y, and Z in the last lesson. And what kind of class are we talking? No, we've just come out of, we're, we're, we're doing a very linear approach of the design cycle and we've just finished C1. Oh, Christ, here we go. All right. Um, I'd be all about, okay, get your plans out, get your... Paper, iPad, phone. I'm a big fan of phones. Parents hate me. I'm a big fan of phones. Put your plan on a PDF, on your phone, have it in front of you. Go get your stuff. Go gather your resources, gather your tools. Let's stop right there. I'm sort of big on like, let's gather everything we think we need and let's assess from there. What do you reckon? Yeah. It's important that they, you know, they're, they're gathering what they need based on their plan. It's important. You, you can't say, hey, you also need this, this, and this, because that doesn't help them with their plan. They gather what they need from their plan, and they'll find out pretty quickly if they need to make their first change or if they're advanced to level two. Do Pasco, do collect the permission to start making something um, and collect 200 euros. Yeah. We talk about ATLs, we talk about um, failing well. Like they've gathered a load of wood that they can't possibly use in one lesson and zero cutting tools. Well, that's that's a point where you might need to think about your plan. So what do you do next, wise guru? Wise guru, Iris. I reckon next thing you do is you get them to peer and self-assess. Okay, look at the guy next to you. Do I have everything I need here compared to the person next to me? And there's a certain amount of not public shaming, that's the wrong thing. But there's a certain amount of like, oh, that person's got like way more stuff than I do. Or that person's got way less stuff than I do. Which one of us is right here? And the teacher hasn't said a yes. word. So I might be way off or I might be just right. Who knows? And there's a certain amount of that goes on. And you go. And there's always the kid that's in there hedging their bets. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, the kid who's got like one piece of wood, the wrong saw and a ruler. And they're like, I think I'm set up here. I think I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like they're sitting there with a junior hacksaw and a two by four, and they're going, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in here." It's like, "Come here, MacGyver, you fucking idiot! You need some." Yeah, 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 yeah. Get a get a paper clip and fuck off. Uh, yeah, or or you're sitting there in a digital class, and the kid's got like, you're like, "What do you, what do you need?" And he goes, "I've got my keyboard and my mouse, and I'm good." And you're like, "Have you downloaded software? Have you made an account? <laughs> have you have you done this that?" And you're like, "Nah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go into like terminal." Or I'm going to go into the command line on Windows and I'm just going to fire away with code. And they're like, all right, hold on. This isn't like the Matrix 4. You're not going to like recode the world. Relax a small bit. And, 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 and you, might need to, you might need to get some help with this. Come on. 
uh, or food design. Yeah, I've brought uh, a sliced pan and a block of cheese. I'm in. I'm ready to go. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've assessed. I think right, uh, there's probably a there's nearly a half a lesson there. Like there's there's individual fighting fires and sort of right. You, you're letting him fuck up a little. Yeah, it's like failing well. You got to let him fail well. You got to let him fuck up completely and go. All right, that that's not the right saw for that. That's X, Y, and Z. That's the wrong software. You need to be using this. It's sort of that's maybe a thirty-year lesson. That first lesson, you're you're, you're letting him explore and and see and and compare to other people and whatever else and then you've got then you come to the the meat of the lesson where you've got okay everyone's on the right everyone's on the starting blocks aren't they there everyone's ready to go and you kind of go right we're ready to go i'm going to hold the reins a small bit here and we're going to say has everyone got a way of recording what they're going to do next has everyone got a phone has everyone got a piece of paper uh, an ipad a, a laptop or whatever is everyone got a way of recording what they're going to do next? And that's like a two or three minute thing. You go, let's just remind ourselves making's great and all, but we've got to document it in some way. So I, I don't know. How do you do that? Do you, do you just let them off or do you put it on their um, table partner? I'm sorry. You're responsible for taking photos of him and he's responsible for taking photos for you. If you don't have any photos, it's uh, on yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Actually. That's, that's a good way of doing it. As we said a few times, like the worst thing is like this, clearly manufactured photo of somebody cutting a piece of metal or, or somebody like with a with a dry pan and a spatula in in a food design lesson going yes. i am frying onions and you're like there's no onions in the pan mate you've taken this photo six weeks after you made the product you know? or they just take a photo from the internet and photoshop their head onto it and say here you go i'm cooking onions you're probably 20 minutes into the lesson depending on how long your lessons are now you've got a limited amount of time to go I'm working in a situation where I've got 90 minute lessons, which is an absolute dream. You've got schools out there that work on double lessons, maybe double 60 minute lessons, double 45 minute lessons. What are you? You've got 55 minute lessons. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. By the time they get there. So we're, we're, we're now 20 minutes into this first practical lesson, whether it be food or whatever else. Well, food's a whole different kettle of fish. We could, we could probably get into later, but let's say it's a material design, product design lesson. They're 20 minutes in, so you're you're talking about having a 30-minute window now to get something done. Do you just let them off, or what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'll usually just l- then let, let them go at it and, and walk around and jump in when, when needed. Usually similar mistakes happen in similar areas, so you can sort of just do a little demo for a few kids here and there. Don't you fucking cut it like this. This is how you got to do it. If, you, if you've observed like three or four kids doing the same thing wrong, you stop everyone and bring them in? yeah yeah yep yeah that, that works well usually it's about the uh where you've got to you know say to the kids hey, you're about to put that chisel through the back of the back of the kid's neck he's down bloody looking at something and you're chiseling away at that you you've got to think about this guys like like we got workshop training in terms of teachers whatever but if you're coming into this out of a different discipline or coming into it out of the arts or, or whatever purely walking around uh, it, it's enough but before you get this class into your room my, my biggest thing would be go on the walls and and see where's your vantage points if you were like if you were an owl that's probably a terrible example no let's say let's go with it if you were an owl where would you perch yourself to to be able to see everything in the room and also if if you happen to be in like a specialist design workshop where's the big switch 
like the big everything turns off switch and and hopefully you can perch yourself beside that so that if anything goes wrong the kid's about to put a hand through a saw you can just whack the switch and everything turns off that's obviously in more heavy product design workshops where you've got like wood and metal and plastic work going on but just being able to see everything from every angle might be might be a good place yeah. to start and that's that's the thing and that's a that's something that you know i i often tell um student teachers when they're coming through on on practicums as well it's about get smart in your positioning where you can you can stand there and you can see the whole thing and that way you can you can see things before they happen that way whereas if you're you're walking around at some stage you're going to have your back to something yeah if you get your back to something it's an absolute joke it it, that's when you get caught like and not even getting caught like kids getting injured but kids like messing with other kids and you get caught like what happened and you have to that's a whole different rabbit hole then like oh i actually don't know what happened because i was my back turned but yeah yeah it's so easy to get sucked into dealing helping one kid or two kids or a whole table and you get your back to the rest of the room i had a funny one to go back to the clusters and giraffes sort of thing one of my very first student teacher supervisors back when i was 19 back when i was 19 in university he um he told me about the time he was training and his workshop was on the third floor and he had this absolute nut job of a kid. And the kid was like going, I'm not having this and complete meltdown and was like sitting on the window ledge of an open window on the third floor. And he's like, get, get down off the window ledge. And I'm listening to the story going, Oh my God, what do I do? And he was saying to me, he goes, they tell you in teacher training, don't put your hands on the kids. Don't, don't touch the kids. Solid advice, solid, absolute solid advice. Do not touch kids. Do not, make contact with kids in any particular way that is hands down the best advice you'd ever get given as a teacher but with the small caveat of there's a kid sitting on a window ledge you are entitled to put your hands on their shirt and drag their that little whatever you want to call them in through the window again and i was like uh that makes so much sense if i've got a kid like in a band saw or or in a table saw or or even with a like a chisel or whatever like you say with Trevor, if Trevor's got his hands on a chisel and somebody's in front of said chisel, yeah, Trevor's getting yanked by the scruff of his neck away from that. Yeah, and, uh, that, don't, I think I think you're pretty bulletproof there, aren't you? Yeah, right. Colin, if that chisel's about to go through Colin's neck, it's uh, game over, Trevor. Yeah, so you're pretty bulletproof as a teacher. So that might be a useful one for new teachers as well, like where you might be like, hey, uh, please stop um, with the chisel there from across the room and, and all this kind of stuff. It's about the greater good. Yeah. And that's one thing as well, like we always like to have a bit of music going in the classroom and there's work going on and, and kids have headphones in maybe when they're working on stuff, but there's a certain level as well, like you, they need to be able to hear you and things like that. So they're all the things I think that happen in that 20, 30 minutes of like everyone's getting into it. You might have a stop for a couple of minutes and do a demo, like one or two minutes, new skill you want to show people, some common mistake that everyone's having. So we've gotten to the end of that situation we're maybe 10 minutes out from the bell. How does the end of the lesson look? Sometimes it looks like, oh, shit, is that the time? Uh, right, quick, everyone, <laughs> hurry up and yeah, back yeah. up. Fact, absolute fact, yeah. The way you then, I guess it depends on when your next lesson is with them. Is there another class going to be in there before that really impacts the way you then um, have the class, like finish the class off? Yeah, I didn't think about that actually. Yeah, if you've got if it's coming up on lunch, you probably leave it a bit short or in terms of cleanup time. But if you're back to back lessons, you you have to think about the next group coming through. Yeah. yeah. 
I always work on the, and I, I spoke to my principal about this, it was like the, the broken window theory. You know, if you drive past a house and it's got broken windows, broken fence, bad paint, uh, kids are going to come along and throw rocks through the windows again. They're going to fuck with the house. But if the house looks nice, even if it's abandoned, they're going to treat it as if somebody's in there. So I reckon if you've got a class coming in and if you can leave the workshop or the product design room or the digital design room in as good a state as you can, the kids coming in will treat it in that same way. But if it looks like a shit show, they'll treat it like a shit show. So that's how I approach the end of the lesson. I'm not sure if you agree with that, but. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. It's And then it's about that treat things with respect, show respect. And, and you, that way you, all your equipment lasts a lot longer too, because kids are treating it with respect and, and, and looking after it. Yeah. So what does that cleanup session look like? Is it just leave it to the cleaners? Because we deal with a lot of very privileged kids. No, it's uh, you, you, not a not a fucking chance. Do you leave it to the cleaners? You leave that classroom the same way it was when you walked in. So usually, it's a couple of kids on the brooms. Other kids will be cleaning, sweeping off the tables. So they might run around, have a dustbin that they they run around with to sweep that in, or they just sweep in that straight onto the floor. And the kids with the brooms are going around getting that. Someone from a table's putting all the tools back in. Any usable scrap wood goes into the scrap bin yep, yep. basically no one's finished until everyone's finished yeah i think if you're starting out with that it's a good one like you stand by the door like the exit door of the room and you go you're always going to get confronted the first time you do this with like four kids in front of you with their bags in the backs going i'm done I'm like, all right done i'm 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 mr whatever get back to cleaning up help everyone out it's a collective i think collective consciousness kind of a situation where you go yeah, everyone's in this, mate. Go back and help everyone. And they usually get pretty good at it and they, they know, like they, they learn the routine and they get quicker. So if it's a, a full-on practice class, you might give yourself 10 minutes the first time, you know, for the first few times. And then as you, as they get used to your expectation, I guess, and, and what they need to do, you can usually then end up getting it done sort of in three or four minutes. There's always the expectation as well, like that the first time you do something, it's going to take longer. So I think I've got the YouTube video of the, uh, if anybody's interested, the the Barney cleanup song. I think there's a one hour loop on YouTube if anybody's interested and the kids respond pretty well to that. They sing in the song, yes. clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. It brings them right back to their primary school days and they, they enjoy it immensely. If you've continued skipping through it here you only need to listen to the last 30 seconds of the podcast this week and you'll probably get the most useful part or the not the most useful part nor the most entertaining but definitely the part that probably makes the most sense right, you can share to your students yeah definitely right so okay this is dave's easter egg lesson plan a bridge version you have the opening act where you get in you set up organizational tips then you have the demo where you show a skill Short, sharp, set a goal. Then you got the meat. Let them at it. Circle around. Let them fuck up a little bit. Halftime show. If you see a trend, stop, sort it out. Take a break for longer lessons. Remind them to take photos. Back to the coal face. Keep going. Remember the goal. Remember the photos. Cue the Barney music. Clean up. Sum up. Shut up. Yeah, get out. Yeah, that's perfect, actually. Yeah, that's a lot. I reckon you should have a solo podcast, mate. That'd be that'd be a lot more informative than the shit we've been shoveling for the last uh, <laughs> however long. Yeah. 
Well, I think what we've just talked about there at the end, I think that goes in nicely for, for next week's podcast that we've got there, Dave. Yeah, what are we talking about? The matchup between safety versus inquiry and how to walk that fine line, like we've sort yeah, of talked yeah, about yeah. tonight. When do you jump in and tell them they're doing it incorrectly? <laughs> yeah, tune in next week to see us talk about the, the fine line you walk between inquiry and risk-taking safety uh, safety if you want <laughs> to call courageous. it that being courageous being courageous yeah 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 happy days happy days has become your little uh, your little sign off I love it you have been listening to The Learning Factory thank you for your attention end of recording <laughs>